When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. You're on again this week with JB and I'm joined again this week by Pistol. Hello. Hello. We're so close. A couple of days to go. Are you excited? I'm very excited, but this is when the nerves start kicking in. You start second-guessing things that you haven't second-guessed all preseason, and you just you look into things you didn't think you'd be looking into. I've found myself having a look into Tim English's sleep schedule just to sort of separate him from the, the Sean Darcy pick, which I'm still lost on. So um, today we're going to be doing a Q&A, which is fueled by our Slack, um, obviously via our Patreon. So shout out to everyone who asked questions in there to, to funnel us through to this amount of content that we're going to deliver. Um, and uh, we'll obviously do the shout outs of those who ask questions as we go. But speaking of Patreon and Slack, Pistol, we have some new signups. Um, so I won't get you to read out the names because we know you're notoriously bad with them. Um, That's right. But Flawless JB is here to read them out. Um, ben <laughs> Walden, welcome. Rob Cray, Jordan Woolard, Mohammed Abbas, Jeremy DeCock, Anthony. Now, this is probably the toughest one, but I'm going to go with Tio Dulu. That 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 might get me in trouble. I feel like you're yeah. I feel like that's a that's an L, but we guess we'll see. It might get me in trouble. Um, Dylan McPhail, Harry, Daniel one two nine zero, and Brendan Rogers. So welcome all. Oh, Brendan Rogers. It's probably not the Brendan Rogers. You never know. Well, I think we can probably <laughs> assume that that's not Brendan Rogers, but well, it is Brendan Rogers, but like which Brendan Rogers? I guess. I think we all know. Okay. Um, <laughs> On that note, we don't really have any other things to get into, so we can just jump straight into the podcast for once. Like, Beautiful. not a lot of housekeeping. Can you imagine? How's that? We're like two minutes in. I know. I, I feel kind of weirded out. I don't really know how to act. Should, do we do we waffle for a bit longer? 
Uh, I think we can, but I was going to say, uh, if you haven't signed up yet, you haven't like missed out. There's still a lot of content that's going around. We've still got our tournaments that are coming up. The uh, last coach standing tournament will run again uh, this season, and I'll be putting up the details this week. So, yeah, there's there's plenty of time to still get involved in everything, uh, Dr. Supercoach and Supercoach-wise. Okay, I regret asking you to waffle. You're not good at it. Um, no, we're going to okay. jump straight into the podcast questions. So we're going to start off with Crusaders, who has said, I love Golden at F5, but feel like it's too deep in the forwards. Would you choose Taranto over Rosie or just forget about Gordon and pick him up later? Now, I think the the main discussion point of this podcast might be Gordon because I think he's the one uh, that's tearing people's sides up at the moment for better or for yep. worse. Um, yep. So in your opinion, where do you have Gordon if you have him in your side? Is it F4 or F5? I have him at F5 myself, but I also think he's the fifth best forward. He's not better than... I guess we'll call them the big four because everyone yep. knows who we're talking about. Um, and really then it just becomes, you know, does he structurally fit into your F5 or not and how it impacts the rest of your side. If you can get it to fit, I think that's fine. If you can't, I think that's probably also fine, to be honest. So yeah. um, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be stressing and trying to shuffle my entire... If you love your team and you're like, I love everything about my team, but I don't have Goulden, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Well, I love everything about my team and I don't have Golden. So well, there we go. I'm sort of, I'm steering people towards, you just have to make your mind up. What do you see Golden as this season? Um, if he's that guy that is going to go 100, 105 plus in your opinion, um, which I'm not going to argue anyone off of because he's clearly shown a good, uh, a good ceiling in the preseason. Um, if you think he's got triple figures in him this year, then absolutely get him in. But I do agree, F5 is where I'd be getting him into. I'd be sacrificing mid-prices or higher-priced rookies elsewhere to squeeze that in. I wouldn't be... Obviously, it's hard to sort of just speak generally because everyone has different structures. But essentially, I'd be trying to get him in as your your 12th premium because he's kind of like a pseudo-premium. Like you're not sort of guaranteed to get premium output all season. Um, I don't think I like him as the eleventh premium. What do you What do you think about that? Yeah, look, if he comes out with round one and round two with back to back seventies, I mean, we're probably moving him on, right? So it's not it's not a slam dunk, and then you you know you end up with your twelve premiums. I I think I'd feel a bit worse having eleven him coming out with back to back seventies, and then thinking, ah, oh, damn, I have to go trade him now, um, and then be stuck with, I guess. 10 premiums you know that that's assuming then your mid prices you're going to nail a lot of them and it just limits your flexibility a little bit so yeah i do agree i like him better as my i'll put in quotation marks 12th premium slot yeah um but i guess not i won't in this particular question argue the golden point too much I, i just i don't personally love a lot of the forward rookies so i'm happy going deeper in the forward line because i feel like they're worse value out of all the other rookies on the other lines yeah, um, if we so, if we don't get yeah. more questions based on that exact conundrum, then we'll come back to that later. Perfect. But I, I feel like we will because that is, I think, what is plaguing a lot of people's teams. Um, yep. So Ed is next. If someone put a gun to your head, I don't know why you have to threaten us. This is literally a, a channel called Podcast Questions. <laughs> you could just you, ask. You just ask the question um, <laughs> with, with no threats implied whatsoever and we answer it. That's the, the meaning of the channel. Um, yep. So essentially, someone asked us to choose between Cogs and Owens. Or Golden and Bruin, which way would you choose? 
Do you want me to answer this? You are the, the guy who I'm asking the question to. Uh, so, yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay, sure. Uh, I, I, I think in this particular case, I'd be choosing Golden and Bruin because Owens is the worst of the options there by quite a significant margin. So uh, I feel like that one chooses itself almost. So where does Owens come from? What What is this, um? What is the talk I, behind I Owens? Is there any talk behind no, Owens? No. No. He's just going to kind of play as a third forward or fourth forward, depending on the height they go with. Um, so yeah, it's, I don't, I don't see the Owen love at all. I, I like maybe if he said Flanders, we could, we could have a discussion. All right, let's but say he Flanders. Did, he didn't. So Owens, I just looked it up. He didn't say Flanders. He's two hundred and fifty k Owens. So let let's say that it's Golden and Bruin versus Cogs and Owen. Uh, Cogs and Flanders. Okay, that's harder. That's that's much harder. Um, I would feel like that's Cogs and Flanders purely yeah, because you get a guaranteed keeper compared to potentially not a guaranteed keeper. Uh, the other Golden and Bruins probably higher risk, high, higher reward, but uh, it's still you get good outputs probably from Cogs and Flanders. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Cogs and Flanders is where I would go on that one as well. Um, nothing against, especially Bruin because I do like the pick. Um, it's more so. In the Cogs versus Golden matchup, it could be within five points if Golden like does what people expect him to do. Um, it could very well be within like twenty points. So um, I think that's the main concern. Uh, so Bubs has asked, "What is the current plan for any one or two week ruck injuries that we have early in the season? Considering the injury history concerns with Darcy English and Marshall, should Radically be highly more highly considered as a player to have on our benches as cover?" Uh, I would just trade my ruck if I have a one-week injury. Then, look, if if Darcy has a one-week injury, then I'm like, oh, well, you know, I kind of knew what I was getting into when I was selecting him. He's probably getting another one-week injury at some stage of the season, so I may as well just jump off him now um, and, you know, I'll pay up for wits or whatever I have to do to get a ruckman that won't miss games. And if English gets in, you know, same thing. If he gets injured in the first two rounds, I'm like, oh, well, you know, you, you know what you're buying, Um and that's that risk you take. And and the reason Radagalia, I wouldn't consider... I mean, I would somewhat consider, but I wouldn't go out of my way because I just don't think he's going to score particularly well. So it's not... doesn't seem really worth it for me. There's a chance that after two weeks, we can go like failed Philippou slash Sheasel to Radagalia via the R3 and like cover an early injury. And then after that, you're essentially looking at sideways into another Ruckman. But... Um, I, we, we know more information then. I think it's a lot easier to do then than it is to think about from from the now. Um, so I don't think it's a, a big deal personally, but there's a reason we've got 36 trades now or whatever it is. Um, I think it allows us to play with a little bit more risk, um, assuming that you're not starting with like eight premiums or something. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm on board. Great. So Mitch... Is next. He wants to know Sheasel versus McLean and Darcy versus English as this, the first two questions. I don't know if this is grouped in together or no. I assume <laughs> it's. I mean, let's just no, say that no. it's not. I, I'm. I'd feel. I'm pretty happy with Sheasel over McLean. Yeah. And I think Darcy versus English is tough, but I. I'm, I'm interested go in this. Where do you see it? I sit on English still. Wow. And that's pure, yeah. I mean, I have Darcy in my side over English Why? because I needed. I need the money. I need the money. But one verse one, he didn't say Darcy plus 40K no, versus yeah, English. I agree. I agree. Um, if, it, if he said Darcy plus 40K versus English, we'd have a different 
potentially a different conversation. But one v one, I think I'm taking English because it's it's one ruck versus someone that's got two rucks in their teams, and they both have really high upside. So. Mm. And they're both equally injury prone, so I'm. I'm Do you go think with so? The, the I I kind of disagree. You reckon English is more injury yeah, prone than Darcy? I do, and nah, uh, there's a reason for that. Same. Hear me out. Hear me out. Go What's more it. likely to happen, a muscle injury or a concussion? A just just, just from just from what we know, really, you think a muscle injury for Darcy is well, more likely than a head knock for English? Oh, I actually didn't know which way you're going with the muscle injury because English has both. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think in in a throughout a season, more people will get muscle injuries and concussions. So that's just why I did that one. I don't know. I, I think that I think that is. I mean, getting... definitely more people get more no, muscle injuries. No, 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 and I agree. I agree. But I think that line <laughs> is becoming a lot closer, um, and especially with someone with the history like English, he missed last season. He missed the game um, after passing the concussion test. Um, yeah, so no, the, the I, I impact think, is worse. I think he is more likely to miss games due to concussion than what Darcy is due to muscle injuries. At least you know. I mean, they're, they're a trade either way, and I, I yeah, still think it's yeah. pretty equal. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not using that as a factor between one or the other. Fair I enough, think it's fair just, enough. It's close. All right, well, I'm on Shizu over McLean by a, a large, large margin. Yeah, so, like it's same. Very, very long distance. Um, Darcy English I find extremely difficult. I think English has the slightly better ceiling, and I think he's slightly more likely to miss a game, as I just said, but that's my personal opinion. Um, so I think your your risk reward is literally right there. Is do you chase the points for the um, the you know sitting behind your couch every time he goes down with a bit of a head knock or something, or do you just go Darcy, who you see is bandaged up, but usually just plays through it anyway, um, yeah. and has that less sort of scare factor when he goes into each contest. No, I'm, I'm with you. The last one here it says uh, if Bose gets selected, is he still a good pick, JB? Okay, well, swinging to me, are we? You do this, yeah, because I wanted you. I wanted you to answer it. Um, <laughs> I think no. I think from what we've seen so far, and the other options around bows, I think it's if he didn't have a calf niggle, like I know it's just the niggle as well. But if he didn't have that, then you could still argue. But I, I don't even know what his role is going to be. So he played half forward for the first quarter of the pracky, and then he played some midfield time, and now yep. Kolodajny and Duncan aren't in round one. So now does he get some defense time? Like, I don't quite know where he fits into that squad. Um, I do think he's a good player. I do still think he's in their best Um, (laughs) 15-ish. I'll temper it a little bit. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) but he played played that way in the pracky. He he was best on for, you know, the first 10 minutes and then Bruin and him pretty much played well for the rest of the game until um, Bose went out with the, the niggles. So... Um, but with that as well, with the niggle included into the factor, um, he is actually just injury prone. He was at Gold Coast and he's already showing it now at Geelong. I think there are just players below him like Crozier, uh, Liam Jones, even Stocker um, that have gone ahead for me now. Yeah, I think what we saw is Bose half forward as a primary role and midfield as a secondary role. At best. If, he didn't go into yeah. midfield until Dangerfield played exclusively forward in the second quarter. That's right. And if that was switched the other way round, I think I, I could consider if he was yep. named. But when it's primary half forward, I think that's a no-go for me. Agreed. Uh, the next one is from Supercoach with DR, um, who is on Twitter, by the way. Go check him out. 
Hey, Legends, <laughs> currently deciding between the Ridley and Bruin combination versus the Dawson and Sheasel combination. Interested to see which way you would go currently going with Ridley and Bruin. Um, I'm going to disagree with him. I'm going to side with Dawson and Sheasel. Um, when I'm weighing up these guys, I look at the... I tend to look at the higher side of the combination and say, who yeah. do I know for a fact I'm going to get as a premium? And I'm not confident Ridley is going to be a top six to eight defender, whereas Dawson is a shoe in And then I look at the other side and, and say, which one of these guys are, is going to make money? Are any one of these guys particularly bad? Are they going to not make the money at all? Like if it was Bruin versus King or Bruin versus someone along those lines, like I'd be, I'd be like, oh, that's a big swing to Bruin's favor. But I think Sheasel makes his money. So I'm pretty confident on Dawson and Sheasel in that combination. I think I would choose Ridley and Bruin. <laughs> I think really? if I just like, yeah, I, one, I'm pretty confident in Ridley. I mean, I don't have him in my current wow. team, but I did, well, that I did have him. confident that you don't have him. Wow. Yeah. That's, no, no, that's I, a high level of confidence. I mean, look, if I, if I want to put points next to each one of these guys as well, like combinations. What? How many not, points do you think? It's not all I know about it's, points, though. I know it's not points. It's also about money, and we can take that as a factor right, at the Ridley, end. Ridley, ninety to ninety-five. Dawson, let's say ninety-five to one hundred and ten. Let's do hot. Let's do one hundred and ten. Okay. Yep. Bruin, eighty-five. Yep. Sheasel, seventy. Okay, so you chose exactly equal. <laughs> uh, that, are they bad predictions? Do you think? Have I gone over or under on someone that you would you would change? Um. I my math isn't quick enough to look, I, hit I, that on the I, like on the head. By the way, that was no, just no. I I reckon I reckon that's pretty good predictions. I think for me, I feel less confident by maybe five points in the Dawson and Sheasel. So if it's combo. worth that little, wouldn't you go with the security of Dawson as a premium? Yeah, yeah. So I I can totally hear what you're saying, but it's more that I mean, it depends on your risk tolerance. For me, I think the, I just changed uh, your mind. No, no, no. It's not. It's the I think there is a let's say it's a ten percent chance that Bruin, you know, averages ninety five compared to eighty five. I think it's more realistic he can go eighty five. But there is a there is a world in which he goes ninety five. Um okay. and then you're, you're but there's not a world for me that Sheasel goes eighty plus. I just don't think that's I don't think it's possible. I think like, yeah, maybe seventy, but is there a 80, world where Ridley no chance. goes eighty five and I don't think so. I, th- really? I mean, that's my personal opinion. Okay, I, okay. I, I'm pretty confident he's going to go 95. And there, I also think there's a world in which he goes 100. So if I take into, for my risk tolerance, and clearly with uh, Supercoach with DR's similar risk tolerance there, given he's gone with that combo, I think because of that extra potential upsides, you're already getting the five points, well, in, in my opinion, and probably Supercoach with DR's, you're getting the five points just from... I guess, non-upside of the Ridley and Bruin combo. And then you've got that potential that Bruin kind of explodes and Ridley kind of explodes. And then when you take all that into account, I think that leans me towards the Ridley and Bruin combo. But I do appreciate that it is the more risky All right, I'll say one more thing. You're you're also not factoring in the other side of that where Ridley might actually be a trade. And if you're mm. having to spend a trade in a scenario, then, you know... How- and Bruin, <laughs> both of them. <laughs> well, she's terrible. also a trade, so like it's... You know, yeah, that Bruin and Sheasel true. both got to be trades. But Bruin might make but no money, and Sheasel might make 150k 
if, if we're just considering the top end of this, Ridley might be a trade. And if we're adding a trade into this equation, I think it swings it heavily back towards the other way. But essentially, it all it all depends on what you believe in Ridley, Bruin, and essentially <laughs> Sheasel, because we know what Dawson's going to do. But those yeah, three right. guys, essentially, it depends on and just where you see them. Um, all right, so Clayton has asked... Good is question, Gordon though. A lock? Very good question. Um, yeah. Is Gordon a lock? I'm not hot. I am hot on the big four forwards and having Gordon F5 really limits me with future forwards. So I agree. I agree. I, um, yeah. I want to know what your perspective on this is because do you have Gordon at the moment? I do, at F5. Yeah, so go for it. So I agree as well that it does limit your future forwards. I mean, if you're expecting to get Petrarca... That's that's your F six sorted or F one F one, and then you have gone right, and people are like, well, gone and totally gone could be huge, and then we're not even considering people that might get it. I'm just going to throw out names. It could be like a Parker, there could be a Dugowie, there could be I don't know a Dangerfield, whatever. Just like random people down the line, a Bulldogs midfielder, whatever it might be. Rules um, based on the first pracky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mills. That would be enormous, right? So. The problem is that that does limit you. However, that also assumes that all of your forwards that you've picked or the five that I've picked are going to play 22 games and I'm not going to have any reason to trade any of them out. And if I don't, I mean, great. But I think the more likelihood is at some stage, one of them cops in a knock and I have to trade one of them out to Gorn or whoever is that sort of person. So... I'm not putting that much weight into it. Um, but there could, that could be, be three good intruders. There could. There, there totally could be. And I think then you get to the buy and then you reassess you know, how your, your big guys are going and if it's worth trading one, one of them out. It's not ideal. I, I will totally admit it's not ideal. And I was very strong at the beginning of the season of, hey, you don't want to load your forward line because – because of these intruders. And I think that is the ideal play. It's just I have such little faith in the forward rookies and the rookies are dictating my structure. I I have Bruin at F6, JB. Like, I hate the forward rookies. That's not crazy. Even, I'm not that low on them. I, Do you, I So you don't own Sheasel at all? No, I don't. Yeah, I don't. That, that's wild to me. I don't like paying 200K for a forward at the worst club in the AFL. It just doesn't sound... It's, I get that he's a special player. It just sounds bad. If you say it like that... You, you know, put you on know paper, most like, years eh. we do that, right? Because the, the best draft picks generally without father-son cheaters like I know are from but the worst teams. And we I do it every pick, single season because they're the most would, talented guy in the draft. But would, I, I don't think I would pick Horn Francis again. Like he made 107K. I, don't, I wouldn't pick him again if I had my time again. We didn't pick him expecting him to be half forward for the season. But yeah, I do agree. But um, I mean, he, he, I was expecting him to have a better role than Sheasel. But you I was still picked him, him though, didn't you? Yeah, because I thought he'd have a better role. I thought it was like, oh, it's going to be a bit more of a mid. But Sheasel, in my opinion, is better in his role than the bad role that Horn Francis had. I, I mean, so I, that, I do that agree. So also a factor. I don't know. I, I'm just saying. I do so, agree. I just like think Sheasel's got potential to make you know 120k instead of 150k, and I'm like, I feel like I can get 120k out of a different position or or more. Yeah, yeah. And like, I I'd rather you. do that. So so that's why I'm like, I mean, to be fair, if I had to pick one forward rookie that I liked, it's Sheasel. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's a hard argument because if I change my structure last minute, I'm picking Sheasel. Yeah, like, I get you. No, that's, it's okay. That's I'm, not, I'm not asking you to lock yourself out of any specific no, plans. No, but, but every other one I hate. 
Right. So, <laughs> in my opinion, I'm okay with having Chisel. He's my F6. Um, yeah. And Bruin is my F5. Um, if I really hated Chisel or hated getting into the rookies that much, I would try to potentially get to Flanders, which is only a 50K jump or so. Yeah. Um, but regardless, um, I have the same issue with, with Gordon being F5. I think it limits you from the guys who are coming in. However, I will counter myself here and say that if people are intruding, unless it's like a bond situation, which does tend to happen, there's generally one or two that come through that are like still in very good roles. But these guys are going to be playing less midfield time than what these big four are. So these yeah. big four, essentially, if they all started as like uh, you can't say if they all started as the reverse because that needs, but but the fact that they're all starting as forwards, they're all acting like intruders because none of them are playing forward. Dunkley, yep. Taranto, Rosie, Canelio all have pre- like prime, predominantly midfield roles, so they're already four intruders. So you're not fading any of those four guys, and then Errol Gordon, you, you just have to decide: is he good enough in his current role? to be better than an intruder coming in who's clearly playing too much up forward or is he is he just going to be pushed out? But like I said earlier, 36 trades gives you good scope to make a, a sideways and if he's just an experiment gone wrong and he's averaging 90 flat and a, a good intruder comes through, I don't think it's the end of the world to, to sort of make it sideways um, for him up. So I don't know. There, there are two sides to the coin. I just don't think he's going to be 100 plus, so I'm – avoiding him for that reason. So that that really comes down to you having to ask yourself that question. Yeah, so I just think I'll I'll put you on the spot. Like if Gorn do. does get forward status, let's say he's doing the 50-50 split. Yep. Like realistically what what average do you think he will have for a season? Yeah, still like 105 to 110. Right. So I I'm a bit lower on Gorn over across the year. I also think there's a a still a rest rest risk depending on how they're tracking. Um, I, I'm not convinced, like I'm not a hundred percent convinced that in total points, Goulden won't outscore Gorn. So I'm not, if I was a hundred percent certain, then I probably wouldn't pick Goulden. But if I'm not sure, then I feel like, well, I think Goulden will get to triple. Like I think he'll average a hundred. Um, in which case I may as well pay 470 K for it, which makes it a bit of value. And I'll wait and see on Gorn. And if I'm wrong, then I'll fix it up at the buy, I guess. That's basically yeah, how I'm looking yeah. at it. And I think that's fine. It, you just have to you have to put yourself firmly in a camp. You can't, like, relying on us to say, oh, yeah, just get Gordon. He's an absolute lock. Like, it's just not going to happen because, no. as you can hear, I'm not on him. Pistol's on him. Um, and we that's how we can have this argument. There are going to be people on both sides. You just need to pick your side, essentially. Um, yep. Mark is the next guy. He's asking uh, Jack Bowes versus Hunter Clark. <laughs> I mean, Hudson Clark. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, but I'm not. I'm not super convinced. It might still be Jack Bowes, but um, I don't know. Get yourself out of this position, I guess. <laughs> so I, yeah, I would, it's not a great price. I bracket. would honestly spend down and get either of the two Bulldogs rather than going or Stocker <laughs> or Stocker, and then trying to spend up elsewhere, like maybe bolstering yeah. up your bench or something. But uh, I'm um, yeah, that. I'm not. I'm not huge on either of those two options. Uh, yep. Troy has asked, who is the best value star in your opinion between Bruin, Warple, Ash, or Callahan? They are all options at F5 or in Bruin's case, F- also F6. I think that meant M5. M5. 
Yeah. Um, also, McKenna vs. Crozier, if you can only choose one, I've locked in Liam Jones, Constable, and Jimby. All right, so... All right, let's start. So do you want to rank Bruin, Warple, Ash, and Callahan, or do you want me to rank them and you go after me? What, what do you want here? Uh, I'm happy to go for it. I, I feel pretty confident on my order. Yep, go. Uh, I think I would have Bruin. I'm biased. I've gone my team. Uh, Bruin, Ash, Warple, Callahan. It's okay. my order. Um, how do you see it? Um, pretty much the same. I'm Ash, Bruin, Warple, Callahan. Oh, Ash above Bruin. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah. Interesting. Just, just marginally. I, I have both in my team. Are you are you saying it from a midfield only perspective or are you taking into account that Bruin's got the DPP already? And, and I'm saying rookie, because, rookie he's selecting them, because he's selecting them at M5, um, I know he said Bruin can go to F6, yeah. but I assume that's... <laughs> that's why he said it. <laughs> yeah, right. But I assume that's that's like getting Shizu out, which I don't think is necessary because I've got Shizu in my team as well. So, right. Um, so, no, I think I think Ash marginally, but I'm super confident in Ash's role and I like the DPP that Ash will open up after round six as well. So, um, which I think is slightly underrated between the defense, especially if most of us are going weak in defense. I think Ash yeah. offers a pretty good, pretty good outlet there after six weeks. Um, yep. McKenna versus Crozier. I think this one's quite easy Crozier. for me. Yeah. Crozier, Crozier, Crozier. Big time. So what do you yeah. see McKenna averaging this year? I was having this discussion with someone earlier. Mm, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he could do more than 60, but I think it will be closer to 55. What about 55? You? Wow. Yeah. There's, no, see, I've got him projected at around 60 with a best-case scenario of 70. But wow, like that's the, high. Well, the role is just so good. Like, it's the so role is good. good. He's been out of the game a while. I know, but it's so hard to not average decently enough in that role. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, don't get me wrong. 55 wouldn't knock me off my chair. Um, but I think the role has a, like a very safe floor. And I think around 60 is probably where that is. Um, whereas an upside of 70 is like if he starts looking good again. You know what I mean? I think he could start slow. And that's where you make your money. And that worries me. Yeah, like yeah. He, he might end up with seventy at the end of the year, but I think like in that first, you know, six to eight weeks, if he's starting slow, that that's not ideal. Whereas Crow's here is just like a seventy-five average. That that's just what he yeah. does. Yeah, um, yeah, super confident on that. Uh, only Reds is in the next one. Um, he has admitted to being a bit of a casual, but he's looking at Caleb Sarong or Sam Berry. Who's the better value, My or is there someone else God. likely to average more? Um. Gun to my head between those two, I guess, like back a berry breakout. But I, I mean, I wouldn't pick anyone in this price range. I mean, I guess to goey, <laughs> but yeah, I don't so like anyone. Around, yeah. Yeah. They're around the high 400s. Yeah. So what is that close to? What, what can he go up to from there? I think it's like a, you want to go up to Tom Green if you don't have him. Yeah. Otherwise, down to who's That's closest? I'd go. Ash is probably closest. Yeah, I mean, I, don't I think honestly, I, would go I agree. For Sam Berry is the guy that I like more, um, just because in that midfield role he he did well. I think if Sam Berry was forward eligible, he'd be on a lot of people's lips this year. Um, I'd being, probably pick him over Golden. Yeah, genuinely, but being <laughs> midfield only is is what hurts him. But yeah, I would try and find a way to get out of this price range. I think Lockie Whitfield's actually probably the best player in this price range at four seventy three. Oh, yeah, um, probably but, right. Yeah, not not someone who I'd also sign up for, but. Um, yeah, genuinely try and get up or down. There might there must be rookies that you can shift around to sort of get that going. Um, yep. Fion has asked, or Finn, 
um, has asked <laughs> English versus Darcy analysis, please. So we've sort of had this discussion. Um, you're on English if the money's not a factor, but you've got Darcy in your team. Yeah. Um, I am happily on the fence. I I was on Darcy for about a week and a half and today, just today, changed to English and I don't know why. I think the upside really just catches my eye. The, the solo ruck, having Marshall and English, both as solo ruckmen, just getting like huge reps in the middle, whereas like Jackson and Darcy, I think Darcy still gets 70%, which is fine. It's more than enough for him. Um, but it's also enough to like, if he's having a bad 60%, usually like you can rely on 20, 25% of the good stuff to just get him over the line. Whereas yep. like if he only gets another 10% of the stuff, like it, do you know what I mean? It really just, it can hurt their floor a little bit when it's, when there's another Ruckman doing their thing. Um, but I really do believe in Darcy. Like I have a lot of belief that he's going to go 115 plus this year. So um, I think you can't go wrong. You have to just go back to your risk appetite on this one. Yeah, honestly, I, I would still choose English over Darcy if I need, like I need that money to upgrade um, Sincotta to Cowan. That's basically all I did with yeah, my side. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, but I will pick neither. Is if- it Sincotta or Chincotta? I have no idea. Don't listen to me how to pronounce names. Um, if Mason Cox isn't named round one, I'll pick I'll pick uh, Darcy Cameron. Instead. Yeah, I agree actually, but he will be named. Yeah. Um, Adam L is asking: Is one premium defence then Yo D two running too thin down back? And Lord, I hope not. <laughs> That's been my structure for many many weeks. <laughs> I made a team today with Yo at D one, and it looked okay. I've seen several teams go through my Team JB chat with the OD1 and they all look yeah. better than my side, but I can't stomach it myself. Um, yeah. But Yo D2, I think absolutely is okay. We've got enough of those 200K guys to hold us up there. And if you can do, if you can run a little bit thicker on the bench, because I personally, uh, we need to have a discussion about Wilmot at some point and, and potentially Chesser as well. Um, but I hate both of those options. Um, if you can get someone like McKenna, who's going to play you know most of the games this year on your bench, I think that will give you a bit of that security back if you're worried. But um, I get that that's a bit of a stretch money wise for people. Um, but Wilmot and Chesser, if they're not asked about, we're going to do you want to talk about then. it? Do you want to just talk about it now? Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, let's do it. So let me start. Wilmot yeah, is he's, he's playing on the wing because yep. McKenna's in their team, and they've, yes. they've sort of tried to keep Wilmot in at all costs. But he's a rookie and he's playing on the wing. And when do those guys ever last more than five games in the AFL without getting dropped? Because the wing Callahan. is <laughs> the wing is so difficult to maintain and hold down, especially for rookies. Um, and if he does hold his position, when do they ever score well? They never. They don't. He. I wouldn't expect him to score well. So, do you have Wilmot in your side? I do. He's on my bench. So why? Like, I know, like, is it just a lack of options? Is that literally it? Or should we be trying to find the money for McKenna? Because I have found the money for McKenna and I feel amazing about it. But am I being over, am I overreacting the other way? I think McKenna is better than Wilmot, but I also, I don't think it's massively different only because I'd be still worried that if McKenna doesn't perform, I do think he can be dropped. I don't think he's undroppable. Um, I actually think I prefer Chesser over both. So I've got Chesser in my call. midfield is, is where he sits at the moment because I like that swing. But 
Yeah. Um, no, I do so agree. Do I. I so do, do, so agree. do I. And, um, and the reason I say that is I just think the, the Eagles will want to get games into Cheshire, even if it's throughout the year. Like he might be in and out and in and out and he'll be a slow burn, but I think he'll make money. And I think, feel like it's a, a, a good swing to have in your midfield bench. So, so I popped him there. Some people have Wilmot on the field. No, that's crazy to me. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't look, like that at all. Wilmot should get round one. I, I'm quite sure he'll play. I just, how long, as you said, how long is he going to last? I don't know. But it, it also feels like a player that might be in and out of the Brisbane sides. And I've yep. got two of those. It doesn't feel great. Um, but I don't have a better option. And I'm not, I think I would choose Chesser down back and then a better mid rookie if there is one. Okay, wait. I've got one for you then. What about yeah, Hollands for versus McKenna? Uh, huh. I probably would still pick McKenna. Yeah. Um, I feel like Hollands... I really rated Hollands what I saw. I thought he was really good running up and down. But at the end of the day, it's still a rookie that could get dropped with a couple of poor games. It's not a mature body like... Like McKenna, I mean, I know he, I just said he might get dropped with poor games as well, which is which is true. But uh, you already know with the Blues, you know Akers has got one wing, so there's only one real slot available for Hollands. And then you have Walsh that's coming back in the first month, and I know he doesn't play specifically on the wing, but it does require a bit of a team reshuffle. And and Hollands for me is probably on that right on that fringe, probably the first player out. Yeah, so if Walsh is going to come back. Someone has to go out. I mean, maybe there'll be an injury and, and Hollands will survive and you know play 10 games in a row, and that's great. But I don't like banking on that, knowing there's someone coming back to push him out, potentially. The, the thing with wingers is they're generally good at like a few different positions, like high half forward and half back. And that scares me in terms of potential sub-risk when wingers fall out of the squad, oh, but they're not like quite... Holland sub-risk, massive. Yeah, that's, my, that, that's massive. what I think as well. Um, but to answer your question, Adam, um, Adam L to be specific, I think it's absolutely okay to be running that, but I would just make sure that the guys that you're fielding aren't the Wilmots and the Chesses. Um, Constable, I think, is the only 123K rookie or below that I would field um, and then have a bench of Cowan and, I mean, ideally, I think it's McKenna slash Chesser on that bench, but I can understand that people have to go Wilmot, but I just... I, I hope there's a get-out strategy for that because it does concern me. But as long as he's not on your field, um, it's it's you know salvageable. Now, Nate has asked, what's more important, having a balanced starting team of premiums, mid-prices, and some rookies or fitting in, fitting in more rookies that will make money at the expense of premium, premiums and mid-prices? That was a mouthful. Um, sorry, I'm it confused. Depends. Yeah, I guess it depends. What's this question, what is this question saying? So... I think he's saying is cash cash or points more important, and the answer is that it's just the balance. Yeah. So for for reference, I've got eleven premiums right now, um, and then I've got about four or five mid prices, and the rest rookies. And I think that's a perfect balance of being able to pivot to um, pivot a failed player from any of my lines, um, premium midfielder or a mid pricer or rookie to one that's been really successful as well as actually just having a good balance between points on field, uh, cash on on bench and um, premiums just doing their thing um, who are also half-decent value. So, um, no, it's all about balance, all about balance. You don't, you can't start a, a 24, 22 rookie team. 
Yeah, no, I've, I mean, I've got the, the 12 with Golden sort of the premium structure, but I'm also fully expecting there to be mass changes at the end of around, you know, before around three and probably going back down to 11, you know, because yeah. all these random players pop out with back-to-back tons and I'm like, uh-oh, got to get yeah. these guys in. So uh, I think... We'll, Who was it last we'll, year? There was one last year that started with two big tons and then... Like Hewitt? <laughs> No, no. Oh, yes, but um, no, there was a mid-price I'm pretty sure we got on that started with like, a couple of big tons and then they fizzled. I can't quite remember was who it was. Was it Sherry? Oh, no, I mean, most people had Sherry. No, we, yeah, we had Sherry. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember. That's okay. We'll move on. Um, the next one is Cat McCat Phase has said, Hello, mates. The name Jack Bowes reminds me of a gift present being unwrapped on a small panel of wood near the Titanic. I've gone cold on his selection because I doubt he'll line up in the center. How do you feel about Bowes? Um, I, I guess cover we've, that. we've already had this discussion, but just all in all, Bose not versus anyone else, just Bose as an actual selection. Um, I think you and I are both very cold on. Yep. Yep. Uh, Logan is back. I think he asked one earlier. Maybe he didn't. Maybe I just like Logan. I just see him everywhere I go. Um, is Sheasel F5 Po um, or Philippu F6 too thin? Ashcroft, McKenzie, and Stocker Jimby, last two on other lines for context. Um, yeah, I think it is. I don't like Philippou at F6. Um, I don't mind him at F7 if you want to spend the money there, but I don't like him at F6. Well, I've structured my entire team to not have Sheasel and Philippou, so I'm the wrong person to ask with this question. No, I really... you're the right person to ask. You, you sound like you've obviously looked into it. I don't want Philippou on my field. I think it's real bad, and that's why I've gone so heavy. I mean, that everyone... I mean, he might be fine. Like, I could be completely wrong, and he might have those spike games. But Saints, small forward, oh, it sounds bad to me. It sounds real bad to me. So it not genuinely on my field. to me just sounds like Rochelle part two. Yeah, and that wasn't fun. I didn't no, have it a wasn't good time. enjoyable at all. No. Um, Anthony is next. He said, considering we'll likely get a few DPP changes, he's running five deep too many. We've definitely spoken about that. Yeah. Uh, he said, who drops out? In my opinion, it's Gordon. I don't think, I think all the, the four, like I said, are already intruder level forwards. So I don't think you want to fade any of the four. Um, yeah. Cat McCatface is back. Tanner Bruin is a very attractive man. Am I letting my bias towards his appearance cloud my judgment? He's currently sitting F5. Um, would you be considering him or stupid sexy Flanders? So I suppose we haven't had this um, comparison yet, uh, Bruin or Flanders. So we actually haven't really spoken about Flanders at all. Um, so where do you sit on on him? And I know I've w- watched his role closely. I think you've watched his role closely. I don't know if you saw the Pracky. I think you did. Yeah, I did. Um, I went back and watched it. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on Flanders? Because I think you and I have the same opinion on this one. I think he played his role to pretty much perfection and I just didn't like his role. So I guess you can take from that from your will. Is it sustainable to play your role to perfection every week? I guess if you're like super good, but I don't know if Flanders is at that level and capabilities to play that well every week from that role. And for me, that just means that if he's unable to do that, then he'll end up... I mean, look, at the end of the day, I know Supercoach points in the preseason don't matter that much. Um, I think he got like 97 or something like that. Um, and he played pretty much as well as I think he could have played in that role. So what happens when you play badly in that role? You get like 55? Yeah. Um, and Ooh, that, yeah, probably. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not good. So that scares me. Um, whereas at least Tanner Bruin if he's not playing as a CBA mid in a Geelong side, 
half forward, I get how I just said that it's not a great role, and it's not. But half forward for Geelong versus half forward for Gold Coast feels like a really big difference. Um, so, so I, I do yeah. a good comparison here. So if you look at high half forwards in the past averaging well, the the list is essentially down to two, and it's Dylan Moore and Zach Butters. Um, and the thing that those guys did really well was keep the goals ticking over. Um, Flanders relies purely on, well, not purely on possessions, but the fact that he didn't kick a goal in the last pracky kind of actually does say purely on possessions. Yeah, purely um, on possessions. And I don't think that's a sustainable role to rely on possessions to get a good enough um, average. At best, I think he's um, really up and down with his scoring. And I think he does make his money um, over time, but I don't think it's with any speed whatsoever. And I think he also has bad on-field um, scores as well. What was that noise? I had, to, I had my nose cauterized and it's running like a tap. So my apologies. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were like, I thought you were giving like a, a, a sort of freight train type of noise. Like he's no. gonna he's gonna make money really slowly. Type. <laughs> I'm trying to stop my nose from bleeding. Okay. Okay. No, yeah. Do, do you? I apologize. Um, no, no, it's all good. Okay, it's, uh, we'll, it's not bleeding. But I, I guess I got a question for Flanders for you, like for Flanders what, or for what, me, because we don't have no, no. Flanders here. For Flanders, so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to try your best to answer. But I'll, okay, like, I'll what, jump in. What do you think his best average could be? I don't want to sound harsh, but like seventy five. Yeah, I, I was gonna say eighty. So we're in the similar ballpark. Um, I just like I think people. Some people are like, well, he could you know average ninety five. Just nah. because because he went like that high in the preseason for both games, I just think it's like way overs, like way overs. Yeah, um, I will say though yeah. the role. I, I think people thinking, oh, we we need to see how he plays with Took. The role was pretty close to what he'll get with Took Miller in the team. Maybe he gets less than six CBAs. Maybe it goes down to like four. But like essentially, he relied on the ball coming to him off the. Out of the CBA onto the flank, and that's where he got. That's where he made his money. That's where he got his possessions. So um, the role essentially won't change. So if you're worried about the role, like oh, he played CBA mid, he's not going to do that. That wasn't the case. So I think that's quite safe. I, um, I still think, like for me, if I need the money desperately, I can see myself choosing Flanders over Sheasel because I'm not massively high on Sheasel. But I also don't think it's like you pay 50k more for Flanders and you probably get you know 50k less out at the end of the day based on yeah. the averages and it averages out kind of the same um I'm not expecting one of those picks to be kind of much better than the other I think they're both the same okay Blackie White is next he's saying <clears throat> this is similar to what we've discussed um how many four DPP premiums are we expecting was last year a one-off um, or a reasonable indicator as to what we can expect? If it is a reliable indicator, um, what's the recommended forward structure? So you you named some names earlier. Are these things that you put thought into? So do you think Parker is yeah. a reasonable chance? Gorn we know is a reasonable chance, as is Grundy, which I think is underrated because I think both can go at least 95 plus in their mixed role. Um, and then you look at the Petrarchas who has been flirting with extra forward time. And then there's always a bulldog in the mix, like maybe it's Smith or something this year because um, he didn't get it last year. Maybe he's making up for it. I'm not sure. But essentially, like even someone like Trelaw could do it reasonably. Um, we, like what sort of names are you looking at? Or is or is it like do you think it's less likely this year? From Like Bontempelli I think is absolutely an outlier. Like we don't get a Bontempelli every year. Yeah. I Look, at the end of the day, the way that – the football is being played is shifting 
I think it's very clear to everyone that's watched and anyone that's been paying attention this preseason that teams are running more players through the midfield. And because of that, those midfielders are being either rested, some back, some forward. And that means there's going to be more DPPs. It's completely crazy to think that we're not going to get you know, as many DPPs as last year, this year, just because the pure number of players running through the midfield is going to increase this year. And that's the way the game, the, you know, the game style is changing. So I think we're going to get a boatload of DPP this year, but that doesn't mean there's going to be a boatload of good options. It just means there's going to be a boatload of options. And I don't expect, if you want me to answer how many do I think will be realistic options for our teams, I think two or three. Um, yeah. But in terms of like, you know, like Keys and Boak and Dangerfield and these guys, like I think they'll get DPP. I just don't think they'll be options. I mean, maybe like F7 options. What you're looking for is like Boak to get DPP at round six and then around the bye, someone predominant in the midfield has some form of injury or suspension or um, they're just they're just out of, out of favor or something. Yeah. And then you see Boak make that reverse role change back into the midfield. That's sort of what we're looking for. And that is just not something that happens all the time. Otherwise, all the other intruders are probably going to be averaging around what Goulden is going to be averaging regardless. Like if we, if we look at Goulden's floor, um, I think he's probable to go 90 plus at the very least. Yeah. Um, and if he's doing that, if he's going between 90 and 100, which I think is about where he lands, um, he's probably better than most of the intruders regardless. Um, and it's only really these upper echelon guys like the the Melbourne Rucks um, potentially or the Petrarchas or, you know, et cetera, um, that were like, oh, wow, we need this guy in our team. So, like, now we start looking at it sideways. Um, so I don't think it's a shoe in that we get guys that we have to trade the Gordons to this year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Anthony N24 says, currently right now I have Flanders and Callahan, but I want to bring in Gordon. Only option is to downgrade Oliver to Kelly or someone around 610K and then upgrade Flanders to Gordon's. What are your thoughts on that? Now, I might be the wrong person to ask, but I absolutely love that. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to get Golden. I don't. I don't think it's like. I mean, I'm saying it as someone who has Golden and likes Golden, 
Like, I don't think he's going to like be this make or break pick that he seemingly is based on these questions that we're receiving. JB, no, like, no, no. I think 100%. he's fine. I, I've, I feel worse about him than my other forwards. Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. He's just, he's fine. I, I, I would be, it would blow my mind if he went one hundred five and was like this must pick player. And if you didn't pick him, you're just like behind the eight ball. Like that, that would blow my mind. That's not what I'm expecting from him. Um, I. Don't like Oliver, which might be, you know, we've been discussing it for a while. Um, yep. And that's the only reason that I'd suggest it. But if you're talking about total score at the end of the 23 rounds, I mean, Oliver's going to kill Jelly for total points. Yeah, he is. So just, just I don't think it's super necessary. If but you, if you do... Uh, only so, if you really want Golden. Yeah, so my <laughs> initial response was regarding the fact that he wants to bring in Golden. Yeah, And in that case, I can assume he's looked into it. He thinks he's going to go 100 plus. In that case, I think Oliver De Kelly and Flanders De Gordon are two absolutely fine moves. You get an extra premium out of it in your eyes. Um, you get rid of Flanders, who was sort of speculative on it anyway. Um, and I love Josh Kelly, so I'm never going to turn him down. <laughs> um, oh, oh, boy. Yeah. Russell is the next one. Can you please weigh up guns and rookies versus mid-price madness? Which um, do you see being the better starting team? So this one, this one has some levels to it, I guess. Um, so I'd like you to count your mid prices. We'll go, let's say, two hundred and fifty k or higher. All right. Uh, let me load my team up. I have. Should I count out loud? Then we got some interactive uh, podcasting no, here. No. Well, I'll just talk. I'll say that I've got four of those guys. And then a couple of guys like Jones, Crozier, Ashcroft around the 200 mark and Sheezel. I don't think that's too guns and rookie. Uh, Sorry, I don't think that's too mid-price madness. I think that's actually still, for the rookies that we have, which is what's going to dictate this answer anyway, for the rookies that we have, only having three or four mid-prices, I think is still on the low side as to what you could go. I'm struggling to fill out my team with proper rookies. So if if you have less or fewer, I should say, than I do. Um, I don't know how you're filling out your team with proper rookies unless you're paying like... I generally don't know how how you do it unless you really have like bottom-end premiums instead of top-end premiums, I guess. Um, Straight guns and rookies isn't viable. So you asked what's going to do better. Um, If I, for example, had my four midfield premiums and then for example, just had Hopper and then dropped down to Ashcroft, McKenzie, Phillips, three rookies on the bench. Like, I don't know who I'm putting on my bench. So in that case, I feel like this team that I've got here does better because at least all three guys on my bench are best 22. They're going to play. They're going to make money. Um, For you, for your example, I, I think my team just makes so much more money over the course of the year that it's really hard to keep up with if you're going full guns and rookies. In defense... Like we mentioned earlier, like does that mean you're fielding Wilmot or Chesser? Like that feels awful as well. Even Cowan could lose his job to um, Chincotta after two or three weeks. So um, I, I just don't have the confidence that other people must do in, in regards to the guns and rookies. Yeah, I, I I don't think guns and rookies is super viable. I I'm I'm it basically if we look at the teams on Thursday, it's possible twelve premiums isn't going to be viable. And I'm yep. fully expecting that and kind of putting in ideas on how I 
make you know the best 11 premium side that's got an extra mid pricer which i think is what your structure is so yep. i i'm kind of expecting that to happen and have a backup plan um so yeah i think mid price madness is the better way this year to answer the question mark has double dipped with another question thoughts on having nat five at f5 so i don't have to field shizel and philippu um follow up <laughs> is shizel or philippu better Sheasel. Um, we've already spoken about that um now five we haven't spoken about him yet um still has decent ownership i really don't like this pick not only for his the fact that he's like the most injury prone player in the league which everyone seems to forget about when considering him just because he's a bit cheaper um but also it took him three goals and like three direct scoring assists to get to 90 against port in a pretty big win um i just don't think he's going to be consistent enough to go 90 plus for the season um, yeah. which is around where he needs and he's surrounded by guys like Bruin um, I would even put Flanders higher than five um, and and then Zeeble I would also put higher than five so he's just surrounded by better players um, at, at similar prices so let me ask you if you had to put a, a points like what let's say in the first six weeks because that's when you know, he's going to He's going to make the most amount of money and it's an easy fixture. You think 80 is what he'll get? Yeah. So I don't I don't disagree. I think it will probably be like 82, you know, 83. So I'm in the same ballpark. I just think if I think Flanders is going to go 75. Yep. He's, he's like only 60K cheaper. He's 60K cheaper, but that's approximately like 11 points. So I guess you just got to kind of weigh up. I think Flanders probably is a better pick then. Um mm. To be fair, Fife feels like the guy that you pick when you know you're going to pivot at the end of round two and you're going to jump on Bruin or Zeeble or, or Flanders and you can't make up your mind, so you just pick Fife. <laughs> you're like, which one, one should I go with? You know that you're going to have to pivot to. <laughs> it just, uh, just yeah. feels like that's that guy. That, I feel like that's what people are using him for. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think it's time to jump off Fife. Um, yeah, he just... He can't have played a much better forward game than what he did against Port in the Pracky. And if he got 110, I'd be all over him as well. Not all over him as in he'd guarantee be in my team, but like more so I could justify more of an ownership. I could, you know, potentially fiddle with him in my team, but he didn't. Um, he only scored if he kicks 10 goals? Well, then he's probably going to be a good pick. Yeah, so just consider that. That's at least 100 points. Um, all right, so Dan has asked, uh, I'm one of the guys running the top four forward picks. I wonder where this is going. With Gordon yep. at F5, I need to decide whether I go one or two premiums in defense. Oh, it's a defense question. That really took a turn. Um, currently, Sicily and Lockerty. So drop one of those to run three premiums in the midfield, which are currently Laird and Bond and have Tom Green and Hopper. Help. Um, all right. So he's pretty much asking um, two defenders, two defender premiums versus four midfield premiums. No, he's saying drop one of those two premium defenders to run three. So he actually has two premium mids at the moment. But he said he currently has. Yeah, plus I don't know. Bond, That's a, the conf- question's confusing. Okay. But yeah, I think I, he's saying he, he's, he's deciding between. Because this is where the structure would, would yeah, be yeah. for me if I, I was in the same position. I think one premium defender is fine, and there's there's better defensive rookies than there are midfield rookies. So I'm just I'm going with that. Yep, one defensive premium. Harry has asked, can you run ten premiums if it minimizes the rookies on field with upcoming carnage with um, 
with they start being if they start being subbed off. Um, currently have four rookies on field with ten premiums. Um, all right, so you've got you've got as many I'm rookies counting as me my on rookies field. on field. One, two, three. Uh, I have five. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have five. Yeah, but my five are Jinbi, Constable, Ashcroft, McKenzie, Sheasel. None of those guys are going to be subs. So, like, the guys that you're looking at to potentially be sub-risks are on a much lower grade than that. So, I think 11 is still... I think you, you, you do a rerun and you get 11 premiums in and you those guys are absolutely fine. But which extra one do you have? Um, I have Will Phillips, I guess, yeah, okay, and Phillips is the very next one that's uh, like equally good and it can be run on field all season or for the first eight weeks or whatever. <laughs> I hope I don't have to run him on yeah, field yeah, all season. Right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I do yeah. think you, I think 10, like if I ignore the currently have four rookies on field, um, I think you can run 10 premium teams and you choose all of the mid-prices, but you better hope that they all pay off because yeah, that's like not it. where I, to go. I think it's way too risky. And I don't think the rookies are that bad um, that you have to do it. This like, do you not believe in? You have to like not believe in Constable or something. No, you have to. Yeah, true. Or you just don't believe in Crozier and Jones, so you don't pick yeah, them, and you're relying on the rookies. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think I think eleven is at the least. Like most time, most years we try to start with twelve. Yeah. Um, and that's what we did last year, which I think we thought played against us a bit. Absolutely, um, did. And then now we've sort of gone back down to 11, which I think is the most popular in Slack at yep. the moment. Going down to 10 feels like a bit of an over overcorrection to me. The mid-prices last year, I feel like are better than the mid-prices oh, that we have this year. We had Cogs and Brody, who were two season-long keepers for starters. Um, yep. We had Hewitt, who was a season-long keeper. Like with the mid mid prices last year were incredible. I mean, Sicily was like that twelfth premium we're talking Sicily about. Sicily again, yeah, hundred um, percent. Cripps was a mid pricer, um, yeah, as well. Like oh these guys God. were incredible. And I, when I'm looking at like, you know, and people Mitch talking McGovern. about <laughs> talking like if you look at like Hopper, who who's probably the best of the mid prices. Really? He's yeah. not. He, but even Yo, he, none of those guys, like Yo and Hopper, aren't as good as any of those previous no. guys we just mentioned. No, they're not. So, like Bruin, I like Bruin. He's in my team, but I'm, am I expecting him to do anything like those guys, like a Brody? No, I'm not. I would be surprised. I want that to happen. But I'd love that to happen. That would be, that would be shocking to me. <laughs> uh, JW asks, and this is the left field one, thoughts on human cluggage now that Dunks is in the team? His yearly average points have been on the up the last few seasons. I really like human cluggage a lot this year. Wow, um, I didn't uh, expect that. I think he's going to get CBAs. I think he's going to have a very, very good year. Um, but he's not close to that top eight midfield range. Um, I just think you target him in like every single draft you're in when he becomes available. So I, I was my gut straight away went to Dunkley's getting the CBAs and then Ashcroft. Cluggage is the third guy. Yeah, no, I know, but he's a third, and I think that's he probably was a second. Now he's third, and then Ashcroft is sniping those CBAs as well because Ashcroft is just a jet. But Lyons so, is out now, so it's kind of. I know, but it's not. It just doesn't feel like it feels like McCluggage went back in the pecking order, and that oh, to me feels so. bad. I think he went up. I think he went up. You think he was behind Lyons? Yeah, like, I thought he was or, or at least two. on par with him slash Barry. I think they all three sort of just shed it evenly. 
But I think uh, Berry's now and a wing sure. and Lions is almost out of the team. And I think Clug is really sewing up that third spot. But again, not classic relevant, but I think he's definitely draft relevant. Yeah, I mean, I think he's draft relevant. I, I just, I'd be surprised if he had a jump from last year into this year, like like a significant rise. Um, yeah, I would be surprised. I'm just looking at the CBAs from last year. I mean, he only had 55% last year. I mean, that was still the third. Um, maybe. I don't love it, but maybe. <laughs> okay, let, let's move on. We've only got a few left. So, uh, Dirty Schneiches asks, please discuss Zeeble versus Flanders. Um, I mean, look, there's a big money discrepancy on this one, about 100K. Yeah, that's um, not fair. Yeah, it's not fair. I think Zeeble clearly out averages and outpoints Flanders for the season. Um, but that 100K could be utilized in, in a lot of different ways and it makes it really difficult to talk on it. But um, just flat out one versus the other, I think Zebul is quite clearly the guy. Zebul is going to get back status as well, which yes. is underrated. Um, I probably am in the camp of... I think Flanders is better in terms of points per dollar but i feel more comfortable with zebul and the back like he gets back cover probably right when we need it the back status and that that adds value in itself um i think i don't know i feel like i'd go flanders <laughs> i'm just going to choose the opposite one fair enough uh caleb says other than hopper who do you think the best midfield mid price is this year we've sort of discussed this um i just want to clarify is lucky ash your answer there yeah, I think I have. I have. It's close between Ash and Warple, but I think Ash is better. Yeah, he he edges out Warple for me as well. Um, Scoby asks if you had to pick one option. I've already asked this because he's in my DMs. Um, Crozier and Cogs or Ridley and Flanders. So similar to what we had earlier. I'm curious as to where you go here. Yeah, in that other one, it was Sheasel, right, and Cogs. Yeah, yep. uh, I prefer. I think Crozier. We'll go 75, and I have she's all penciled in for like 65, 70. So, yeah, I think Crozier and Cogs, I think that flips it for me. Cool. Um, and it, it, was Bruin instead of, it was Bruin instead of Flanders. So I think this one's actually easy, much easier in that it's Crozier and Cogs. Okay, the next one's a bit heavy. So would love a ranking of the mid-price options available regardless of line. No. Um, <laughs> enough DPP options really for anyone to be viable as a, as a little topic. 250 to 350K-ish, possibly including Liam Jones and Crozier as well. My um, God. This one got a lot of attention from, from the voters. Um, so maybe something I should have prepared us for, but I didn't read the questions ahead of pressing play. So here we are. Um, My do you, God. Do you want to go line by line? How do you want to do this? Well, it says regard, regardless. I know, so but we're just, just going to do it line by line. And then we're going to say our favorites. Jeepers. Okay. Um, I can I can just drop them off the top of my head from defense. I'm go- I want to do them. I want to do them non line by line to make oh, it. To make, to, I want to answer the All question. Right, I'll, get, I'll get a pen out then. Okay. Yeah, I think probably going to have to. Um, I'm going to say my number one mid pricer because that one's easier to talk about across all the lines. Is probably Hopper. Um, I'm not sure much explanations needed. I think he's going to go 90 plus, and that's good. So lock that in. Good roll. Um, my next favorite out of all the lines is still Yo, 
I think that Yo is an incredible footballer and his role is good. And I know West Coast will get trounced some games, but he'll play. He's listed down back. He'll make me at least 100K. There's potential that he'll end up a keeper um, if he if he pops off. So Yo is my number two. Okay. JB, then... Do you need the list yet? This is when it gets interesting. Um, okay. Am I ranking in terms of... Value or am I ranking in terms of average now? Because that changes my answer to number three. Uh, let's say values is startability. Uh, okay, I think I will go. Did he say from two hundred and fifty k? But he said so, possibly including Jones. Yeah, and Crozier, so I'm gonna I'm gonna add Crozier into the. Okay, so I'm not gonna add in <laughs> Bruin. Okay, yeah, I I think I'm gonna go with Crozier. The Bruins in this. Yeah, no, I, I know. I just think that it's the the risk is higher. Okay. Um, I think I think I'm going to go with Crozier as the value pick. Um, I feel like he's a pretty solid 75. I know that they. I just don't really believe the job security issues. Um, I think he's decent, a pretty decent footballer. I think he's first choice and will make yeah 150k and potentially some change. So it's probably him. Then you've got Jones with the job security and also the money, and then it's for me it's probably it's probably Bruin, um, slightly above Ash because of already the DPP and getting in a. I, I get to choose Bruin instead of a forward rookie, which we've spoken about how I really dislike. So I probably have Bruin, and then I will have Ash. Yep. Do, do you want uh, some names yet? Of no, I'm, I'm powering play? through. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm getting I'm getting through this. Um, then it's Warple. After that, for me, um, and then it jumps back down to Flanders, um, and now this is where I'm starting to question the viability of the picks. Uh, as per the question, it was like some of the in a follow up, some of these might not be super viable, um, and then you're probably looking at Setterfield might be not viable. I don't have anything open in front of me, JB. So I'm going to, 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 after the Setterfield one, I'm going to ask for some names. <laughs> no, okay, wait, so are you going to do Bose and like Stocker? Like, do they count? Hunter yes. Clark? Bose oh, and Stocker count. And uh, I've got Jay-Z and Fife as well, the guys you haven't ranked. You forgot Hunter Clark. Well, Hunt, uh, Hunter Clark is not viable. I think it's, I think it's a, a viably not great pick. All right, whatever. Let's put Hunter Clark on, and then you can rank him right above five, and then we can move on. <laughs> okay, that is what I will do. Um, okay, so out of Jay Z, Bose, and Stocker, who are remainder, remaining, I think actually Stocker is probably ahead of Satterfield, and then oh, it's not goodness. viable. Yeah, Stocker. Jay Z is viable. I don't love it. I think it's a stopgap measure, the same way that you kind of. Use it because you're worried that you messed up your backline, and I'd rather like if I'm picking a pick. This is this is just the way I see it, right? Like, oh, I I'm choosing my team, and this might not be the strategy for everybody because I'm playing for overall. No, everyone chooses tra- their I'm, team. Yeah, okay, and I'm choosing the team that I think has a good chance of winning uh, or of the entire game, and that's kind of how I want to play the game. Is that I'm I'm playing to win when I pick Jay-Z I feel like I'm picking Jay-Z in case one of my other picks goes bad and I have to like fix a problem and it's not going to be like the higher risk higher reward pick um I don't I don't feel like it'll 
be that boom or bust and I get the boom and it you know, right. sets me I'm apart. I'm going to give you the opportunity to lock your picks in. Uh, I'm going to read them back out to you just so the listeners don't have to try and remember what sort of waffle you were just on about then. Uh, and That's then you can true. tell me whether you lock them in or not. So number one, Jacob Hopper. Yep. Number two uh, is... Where is it? Yo. Yo. Number three is Crozier. Number yep. four, Liam Jones. Number five, Tanner Bruin. Number six was Lockie Ash. Number seven was Warple. Number eight was Flanders. Number nine was Stocker. Yep. Number 10 was Setterfield. Number 11 was Jay-Z. Number 12 was Jack Bowes. Number 13 was, would be... Hunter Clark. Hunter Clark, yep. And 14 is Fife. Oh, actually, Fife before Hunter Clark. Then lock it in. <laughs> Fife? Okay. Naturally, so 13 for five, 14 for Clark. Yep. Okay. Are you happy with that? I, I, the I only think, thing I, I think, say, I think Bose could be last. <laughs> the only thing that I'll say is I think you underrate Satterfield a little bit. I think he's probably a little bit higher on the list. Like, I think he's probably above Flanders. So I underrated him by a spot? Three spots. Flanders oh, who, was eighth, Satterfield was tenth. Who was between? Ninth was Stocker. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But besides that, it's pretty good. All right. Well, that was a really uh, difficult question to pop pass on the spot. So thanks, yeah. Bell. I'll remember yeah, you're that. <laughs> um, okay. So we've got a couple more. Golden is now owned by 35% of all teams. At this level of ownership, is there safety in numbers to start him? If he's a dud pick, conversely, if that figure is that figure worrisome if you're not picking him and he starts well? Are you behind and scrambling to catch up on a third of the competition? That's by Seeker11. He always gives us the tough question, Seeker. Uh, I like this question a lot. So I think I'm going to start with the conversely if you're, if you're worried about the figure because it bursts out the block. What's Goulden going to do? It's not going to average 120. Like you're not going to be scrambling to catch up from 35% because he averages 120 over the first month. Like it's just not going to happen. Um, you know, Goulden bursting out of the block and doing really well, as I said, I think like best, best case is he puts a four-game average together of like 107 and you're not, you're not dying. Like your season's not over because of that if you don't select him. Um, I think there is safety in numbers with the 35% for the first part of the question. If he is a dud, yeah, so many people will have to get rid of him that it won't really impact you that much. I mean, sure, 65% have an advantage of not getting rid of, but you're hoping that the other parts of your team makes up for it. So I do, I do think that the risk is lowered because he's in so many teams, but it's not a reason to select him or not to select him. Yeah, I think percentage overall is a little bit overrated and players that are high, highly owned like Dustin Martin last year um, tend to, like you, you should still follow your gut and not let percentage dictate um, because I think I think there's yeah as much to gain as there is to lose and you still should either way go with what you, you genuinely think about the pick and then see what you're going to have to react with. Because either way, on either scenario, you're going to have to react for the worst-case scenario. Um, just make sure you're prepared for it, I think is the best way to explain it. Um, we've got a couple more questions left, maybe two questions left. So Matt asks, chances of Jelly playing off a wing this season? I mean, I, I've got a number. I've got a percentage in mind. 
Do you want like to hear it? 5%? Oh, you're so close. It's 4%. Oh, gosh. I genuinely how'd, was how'd on 4%, 4% four? the whole time. Yeah, I, I just how'd that's you the, get four? I just did like a lot of small calculations and it all worked out to 4%. All right, fair enough. Let's uh, let's jump into Matt Cairns. I'll ask you this one because I'm interested whoa, in your whoa, answer. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean? What do I mean what? Like why is Jelly not going to come off a wing? Oh, well, they have said about his midfield role, he is amazing in the midfield role. They don't actually have that many pure midfielders left, so he kind of is forced into it. And the reason I give it 5% is that's where Jelly goes when he's injured. <laughs> and that's a chance. That is a chance. Um, okay, cool. Um, Matt Cairns then, and then one more question, and then we'll be done. Yeah, after I ask you one off the, off the cuff. But Maybe. yeah. Matt Cairns, he says... In my midfield, I have no DPP. Will this come back to bite me? Um, I don't think it's essential, but like... How? <laughs> no, what do you mean how? I've only got one DPP in my midfield and it's Defender. Oh, you don't have... Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So wow. wow. That, that's the how. Um, I don't think it's essential, but I'm surprised because I don't know who you've got at M9. Um. No, I don't. I, I th- look. I never have I th- I think forward it's, mid DPPs in my midfield, like in any season. No, neither do I usually. But I think it's actually. I think it's it's helpful this season to to get it because all of our big four have midfield status, and it just it'll really help. I think, but I think you'll get it eventually anyway. So, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't like rip my team apart to get it. Um, but I think it's handy. I mean, you can just get Alan Davy Jr. in the f- midfield if you're desperate. It's not like yeah, a like, bad thing. Then who do you put at F F eight sort of thing? No, well, then we wait and we see. Uh, I mean, we'll get Green for sure, uh, Fergus Green, yep. and I'm happy about that. One. The other one is let's let's wait and see what happens in the team. Yeah, that's what I'm get, saying. Like, it's not, it's not easy to just force them in there. I wouldn't force them in there, but I think it's preferable. I think if Sturt could be named alongside Walters and Frederick in the round one side, I'd feel comfortable because I'm like, all right, well, then he's just in their best 22. Yeah, I'd be fine with it. But also, like, does that make him better than players on other lines? It doesn't make him better than like, Wilmot. Baker. <laughs> I, mean, I don't have Wilmot, but does it make him better than, than no. Baker, Phillips, Chesser, Cowan, McKenna? Baker, Phillips, Chesser, Cowan, McKenna. Uh, no, he's still worse out of all of this. Yeah, so, you know, some teams, the structure's just not going to line up for it, and that's fine. Um, but I think if you can do it, then it's preferable still. But I wouldn't throw anything away to, to get it done. Mm. All right, well. Last question. Okay. Uh, Toddy asks, is starting all three green, jelly, and cogs too risky? I love that he's asked this question because I see this spoken about a lot, especially on Twitter. This seems to be the hottest thing on Twitter. Is like, why are we not starting Josh Kelly? He's 580k. He had 36 CBAs out of 45 or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Um. Like, why? Why are we not starting this guy? Oh, it's because I've already got Tom Green and Canelio. I don't want three guys from a midfield. And it's like, why? Like, they're all unbelievable value. Like, they're all playing in a predominant midfield role. It's like, oh, well, I don't think GWS are going to be that good this year. And it's like, yeah, but we've had. 
examples of other teams that aren't necessarily top of the ladder having high scoring midfielders like GWS in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is the difference now? Because all of them are good value. All of them in isolation are good picks. So does it matter that they all play for the same team? My literal center of my midfield right now that I'm looking at, so my M345 are GWS players and I've got cogs. <laughs> So I've got four of them, and I'm so comfortable. You have Ash as well. That's yeah, funny. absolutely. I, and like I look at it, and th- do you know who my next guy would be? Callahan, Bruce. <laughs> no, not Bruce. Um, but I, I look at it and I go, all right. So is this an issue? Is Cornelio a good option? I think he's underpriced what he could go. I think he's got the best start in the competition or one of the best starts in the competition in terms of fixturing. And I think he's a full-time midfielder who is a forward in the game. Absolutely lock him in. Tom Green, 530K. He's at the lowest price he's going to be all season. Lock him in. Lucky Ash, playing in defense, 330K. He's going to get the defensive eligibility. Do you know what I mean? I justify all these guys. So why does it matter what color they wear? So... This is how I would answer the question. At the end of the day, you're looking at your total points. You're not really looking at your variation week to week. Starting all three does impact your team on a week-by-week basis as variation because if GWS lose by 100 points, you have a likely a worse score. However, when they win by 100 points, if they do, then it, they all do well. And at the end of the day, you really only care about the overall points. And if all of them are better value at their starting price, then that's kind of what you care about. It, they, I mean, you can't say they don't impact each other at in like the slightest because the way Supercoach scaling works and that there's a specific amount of Supercoach pie, there is some impact. But three players is so minimal when there's, you know, 30, what is that, 44 people on in the game. So three players in the same team. I don't think that's... I'm pretty sure I've had more than three players plenty of times in Supercoach from the same team. Um, I I look at Sydney, who we had like a half dozen players from. Um, That was like Buddy, Hanabry, JPK, Parker um, vibes. And then who else would there's been... uh, I mean, I've had three Collingwood midfielders in the past and it's been very good for me. Swan and Pendles were definitely all in there at one point. I had that as well. Um, yeah, there are just Geelong so as well. Like Geelong, we, we, back we in literally the day. last year we all had Dunkley, McRae, English, and Bontempelli, and Bulldogs weren't even that good. Yeah, they weren't that good. And so, and, and, and a lot of people a had hot Smith. Take. Like I don't like. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people even had Bailey Dale. Yeah, I think you really do have to judge them based on and and GWS. I'm pretty sure we're a high scoring Supercoach side in general. And they are. I, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I, I think GWS are better than what people probably think like I don't I think agree. they're going to finish bottom to four discuss that after we sort of got through the first speed bump of is it okay yeah um yeah where so without putting a ladder predictor out there and all that um just what sort of range do you put them in like all bottom right. four top four top eight bottom ten yeah so if you've got your pen handy I'm going to go off the top of my head with all 18 teams in odd no absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think they'll be bottom four I think maybe nah, six, not at sixth all. last um, yeah, yeah. So twelfth, yeah, and yeah, I, and I think twelfth like and eighth, twelfth and sixth are probably going to be like three games apart at most. Yeah, yeah. So like they're in that range. I think they're fine. They've they've got a coach who's going to play them in their positions all year. 
Um, they've got Kingsley, who's coming from the Richmond system, who I actually have a decent amount of belief in, believe it or not. Um, they looked very good during the preseason, which I know doesn't say everything, but they looked very good during the preseason. Um, and they've got talent. I know they lost talent, Hopper and Taranto, but they do that because they can now just reload the midfield and they've got Cogs, Green and Jelly in there yeah, who are all incredible midfield. elite <laughs> midfielders. Like it, It's not the end of the world for them. It's probably better in terms of balance because they don't have Cogs playing in a forward pocket and Jelly on a wing. Like They've got these guys in their best positions now. They've got Whitfield off of a wing and into halfback. Like, I just... I don't, I don't think the team is going to be as bad as what people th- say, and I don't think it's a problem. You, yeah. Genuinely, look at the Bulldogs. We had like 10 of those guys last year, and they all t- didn't disappoint. Like it's – I don't know. I think it's kind of – I think it's just a mentality thing, and people don't want to see – and people still think of GWS as like that team, right, that always lies and that, that you know screws us over and the players get injured and they don't tell us about the injuries. And do, but that's – Leon Cameron. Let's give Kingsley a chance. They've already announced the lead tag for round one, um, five days out. I love that. Which I I love as well, 100%. Like they've shown more transparency this year than what they've done in their entire existence in the competition. Um, So I I just think it's hogwash that people are using that as an excuse to get these guys out of their teams. Um, Especially the likes of Cornelio and Green. Those two in my opinion, should be in nearly every single team. Like, I, 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 I can't possibly find a way that either of those two guys miss out unless they're injured. So, I got a couple of quick questions. One, do you give any weights to Laird getting attention in round one? Like, does that impact your decision None. on Laird in any way? Okay. He's been tagged into a 120 before. Um, yeah. I think he's one of those players who you don't actually tag tag. You just sort of keep them accountable throughout the day and that'll be Perriman. That's his job in the team. Um, he's a cooler, um, so to speak, but he's the type of guy who will sit on him at a stoppage, will try to stop him from getting that handball shovel out to a, a teammate. Um, but the, at the end of the day, what they're going to do is they're just going to tackle the, the crap out of each other all day. They're yep. both going to end up with 10 tackles each um, and all of Led's possessions are probably going to be contested. Um, and it's like, are you, it's, are you still going to captain Led? Um, what 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 day do they play? We actually probably should do captains on this. Um, yeah, they play Sunday. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. If 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 whoever my VC is, which is uh, probably Dunkley um, at this point, yeah, or Do- maybe maybe Doherty. Yeah, um, I was going to say Doherty. Doherty's sounding pretty good right now. Yeah, he does score well against Richmond in the round one clash as well. Um, Dustin Martin esque on the uh, reverse side of that fixture, but. Um, yeah, I'll still captain him. Absolutely. I'm, I'm fine with that. All right. Excellent. Well, I'm glad we went through the captains very quickly. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, it's true. There's no argument for me. <laughs> so, I, I guess... Jelly instead. Well, yeah, that's... I mean, that's really not a bad shout. Um, now, I want to have a question to you... Be quick. ...specifically about Jelly. Because okay. I, I love Jelly, obviously... And he's on my jelly? team. Uh, actually, I'm not a massive jelly fan. Um, <laughs> I only like the green green super, flavor. Su- you're sending know. super mixed messages right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so Josh, Josh Kelly jelly. Um, now, there's an extra round this year. I know we've spoken about in the DDD, but I just want to, I just want to settle some. I guess maybe final opinions that I'm having. Some nerves that I'm some having. Some qualms. Is like, do you really think? 
that he's going to yes. play every game? Uh, okay, so... As a CBA mid, like, do you really uh, think he's going to play every game? This has two answers. Okay. Do I think he can? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But do you think he will? Um, I think it's... I think the percentage of him playing it is still... Playing all games is still pretty good. Yeah. Um, but, like, the percentage ship of him missing a game is good enough to be like, no, I can't confidently say he's going to play 24 games, 23 games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if he played like, 24, they're making finals. <laughs> well, yeah, back him in, genuinely. Um, no, but I, can, I can't confidently say, it, like, oh, on my life, like, cancer council bet right now he's going to play 23. Um, but I'm confident, yeah. I think he, I think he does. And, and I, if he doesn't... Yeah. Like I've got Will Phillips on my bench. I don't think he misses significant time at any point. If that helps, I, I don't think he. I don't think he'll miss significant time either. I just when I think about it, like in my heart of hearts, do I really think he's going to play every game? Like I don't. I do think he misses, you know, one, maybe two. Yeah, I think he probably um, misses one or two. Yeah, and then and then I just think about, and this is gonna. This might come as a shock, bit shocking for you. Like what? If I pick McRae for 50k more, McRae's going to play every game for the whole season. Like, he will. And McRae's going to out-average him on total points. I'm quite sure that's true. Like, well, then do I think, well, why didn't I just pay 50k more and just get the guy that's going to outscore him across the entire season? All right. J- Jelly's more fun, and I'll have a way better time. But, like, I just keep coming back to, like, deep down, shouldn't I just do that? Let me ask this. Yeah. All right, so GWS play Adelaide at um, at GWS. Yes. Uh, then they play West Coast at Optus. Then they play Carlton again at home. Yeah. Then they play Essendon at Marvel. They might get tagged, but yeah. Then they play Hawthorne. That could be a tag. Uh, and then it starts getting harder with Brisbane uh, and then Sydney and then et cetera. That could be a tag. Um, so, all right, so let, let, let's, let's not assume that he's just going to get tagged in every single game because they do have other taggable options. <laughs> they do have many taggable options, um, but he might, he might get tagged. I he think could, genuinely, tag. he could. Yeah. But say he, say he doesn't get tagged or at least doesn't get a hard tag to the point where he's putting out 80s. Yeah. Um, after five rounds, would you, rather have, would you rather be looking to trade him in with the thought process of, I don't think he plays every game? Or would you no. rather to have just started him I just and would never trade him in. If I don't yeah, start him, that, I'm, and I'm that's never trading him. And in. I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be that appealing after that after four three, four, five games that people are gonna be like, Oh my god, I can't ignore this guy. Like he's scoring really well against these easy opposition. Um, but you don't wanna trade someone in like that because they you, you still have that in your back of mind, like, oh he's a good chance to miss games. And then what if he doesn't miss games and people have just started him and yeah. all, all the risky players have just traded him in? And then, like, I think that scenario sounds worse to me than just having a guy that I move at his buyers. I, the, the thing that I keep feeling is I'm sure, well, let's say he's averaging 140 over the first month and I'm loving life. But yes. then at the end of the day, like round 23 finishes and I look at the overall points telling him McRae is above Jelly by like three positions. And I'm like, well, why didn't I just start McRae for 50K more? Because I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, you're going to trade Jelly. McRae in with the confidence that he's going to play every game for you. You're not going no, to fade him for of, the entire season. No, no. I, sure, you could get McRae. But the thing is, there is a lot of other good midfielders that you can get that are not Jelly. Yeah, so it's the fringe guys that you're fading. It's the Jack Steels. It's the um, it's those guys. But the Lockie Neal, Clary, 
McRae are the yeah. guys that you're going to be trading in. But I mean, I the reason we're not picking Clary, well, I'm not picking him, is because of his starting price. Like if he during the season, obviously he's going to be my number one priority, yeah. um, and Neil is going to be very you know close priority. And I feel like a lot of those, I guess, as you call them, fringe players, like I. I think there's a good chance steel averages as much as jelly, but I just don't want to pay 600k for it. I'll just wait and see. Um, so it just makes me think that I could just pay the 50k more now for McRae because I know he's going to outscore jelly at the end of the day, and then I'll just feel much better about it because after a month I might be feeling sad, but at the end of the season I'll probably be feeling a bit better, and it's just a feeling I can't quite shake or at least wanted to discuss because I know there's so many people. like Jelly's a little bit of a... I don't know if it's a Slack special because I feel like there's quite a few podcasters on it. But it's only in 5% of teams. People aren't picking up on it because they're too scared and I get it. Like I totally get it. But I'm just thinking like maybe there's – like maybe it is just safer to, to pay the 50K more and just start Jack McRae and not have to worry about it at the end of the day and McRae will just be better. I, I don't know. It's just been running through my mind. It, it scares me. <laughs> so – all right, let me let me phrase it to you like this. After that first month, yeah, even knowing that he's he's like still a chance to miss a game, knowing that you've missed out, blah blah blah, knowing that his run gets a bit tough. If he's averaging like one twenty five plus, are you actually not trading him in? Do you yeah. have that ability to not trade a guy in like that? I, I I if I don't start jelly, I'm never trading him in. I tell you right now, if he's doing that after the first few weeks, I'm just trading him in. I'm not. I can't not stand watching I'm this guy. Te- like if his ownership goes 10, 15%, I know this guy's capable of just carrying on for the season. I'm not taking that risk of not having him in my team. I'm just getting him. <laughs> so I, I know I I'm don't better off starting him than trading him in eventually if I think he's going to be good. I mean that's that's fair. If you're dead set on uh, trading him in after a, if he's starting with one forties, then I guess you do you. But I'm not that confident. Like I, I think I would not do it. And then and then I guess I start shifting from that question into like Canelio, right? Canelio has never played a full season, so I wouldn't expect him to play a full season. Well, well, Canelio is a different value than Jelly. No, he is. Canelio is guaranteed top. I would even say three forward, um, but guaranteed top four forward. Um, even and with not missing games? Because at the end of yeah, the day, probably. that's what matters, right? Like, Yeah, probably. Was he last think, year? Uh, after his 21 games, I, I don't know. I don't have it open. But, I mean, he, may, he definitely may have been, but people have moved yeah, that, like Bont. I don't think he outscored Bont and Parker and stuff like that. No, no, no. He um, didn't outscore those guys. I just, I'm just like looking at these guys, and I, I'm a hundred percent sure Canelio doesn't play 23 because he's just never ever done it right. So if I like, should I, should I not be picking him? And no, because what if the injury's in round 18 for a week? Like but then you can't, you can't predict when these injuries are going to come, and you're going to have to trade in Canelio. 100%. If it's around 18 for a week, I'm copping donuts for the rest of the oh, year. I hope you got cover, mate. But I'm, no, as if for one week he's get he's got an eight, around 18 injury, he misses one week, and then oh no, he's out of the top six. But he's owned by 80 percent of the top thousand. Like who cares? If, he, if I've picked somebody to start the year, let's say it's Golden. Let's say Golden goes 95 and Cox goes 100. I know that's not the most likely situation, but let's just say that. I yep. could get I could get 
Cogs missing two games and Goulden playing 22. And then Goulden ends up just being the better pick to have had the whole year. All right, let me throw out a crazy scenario. Yeah, do it. What if Goulden misses a game? I mean, look, it, like, it's definitely can. Not every player has the exact same injury-prone chance. Like, we know Cornelio's never played a full season. I feel a lot more confident on him missing games. But I'm confident that you have to have him by the end of the year. So what if he just misses it in round 21? But then do you have to? Yeah, because he's going to average 110 in the forward line. You're going to miss out on so many points by that point. Like when it gets to the bye and he's played every single game, you are 100% going to have to trade him in. You are losing that those points to 60% of the competition. You can't just keep going with that. You have to but get I guess- if you're getting somebody else that's equal value on another line, I guess that's the that's the thing. If you if you are able to find somebody that's on another line that's providing the same value, then you come out equal with Canelio, but then you don't miss the games, assuming that I just player think it's crazy. Like I, I understand, like statistically, there are chances more higher chances that some people miss than others, but we don't know when. We don't know how, we don't know yeah. why, we don't know what the cover's going to do. What if that's the game, what if it's round five and Phillips scores 100 that game? Like, we, we just don't know these things. It's we true. Don't, we don't know. So, it's... it's and we I might have... impossible to just... Goulden F7. <laughs> Goulden might Goulden be F7s at, at the end of the day. Like you So, know. yeah, I, I don't know. Just all I, all I know is pick the good guys that, that score the points. And I think Cogs is 100% a guy who scores the points. I understand people being speculative on Jelly, but Cogs is a guy that you just can't second guess. He is a guy that's going to score the points. And if he misses round two or round 20, um, so be it. Like every other game that you have him for, he's going to be top four in his line, 100%. When you can say that with certainty, it mitigates a lot of that risk of, oh, he's probably going to miss a game here. Yeah, it does does help that I think even with intruders, Cogs is going to be... Yeah, easy. very much. I just I don't feel like Jelly is guaranteed to be no, top eight not. in his line. No, no he's and not, then yeah. then it makes me think. Well, if I had the money, maybe I'd do it. The thing is, like, I don't have the money to upgrade Jelly anyway, unless I oh, went down. You put to, me through all that. Well, I could drop down in my eleven premium team. I probably don't have Jelly. I might have Neil instead of Jelly, or, or mm, McCray. I like, I like you know, that someone like more. that. Um, and that might be my. Back up if the rookie, <gasps> what if, if the rookie Neil gets names. injured. I mean, Neil might be injured, but at the <laughs> end of the day, top of his top of his line. I don't think there's other people that can catch him. Okay, well, I think that's going to do us for this podcast. It was it was longer than I expected for an hour and a half. So I appreciate it's everyone in- interesting for, for tuning in. It is very interesting. Um, I don't think we're going to have a podcast before round one starts. Uh, so good luck to everyone. I hope- we'll be panicking ourselves, so yes, no time be, for anybody be. else. <laughs> I do hope that this was a last second q and I hope your answers, if you're even if you're not in the Slack, were, 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 your questions were answered. Um, if not, then make sure you reach out to us um, either on Slack if you if you do have questions. Obviously, our DMs are open. Uh, that's what that's what the whole program is there for. So hit us up. Otherwise, um, try to get to us on Twitter. It's going to be a busy week, so I apologize if we don't get back to everyone. Um, but I am myself at JB underscore DRSC. Then you've got Pistol at Pistol underscore DRSC. And of course, Chizo 
at Chizo underscore DRSE. Uh, the main is Dr. underscore SC. Um, you're guaranteed to get a response from, from that account for sure. Um, <laughs> so if you do want to hit that one up, I've got, I've got a very good admin on, on the job there. Um, but otherwise, good luck, everyone. I've- good luck. Opening week. This is what we've gone from the most exciting month and a half of Supercoach into the, the most strenuous, like stressful time in Supercoach, I think. So it really flips on you quick. But make the most of it. It is a very exciting year this year with templates all out the window. Um, everyone just moving with what they what they like the most and and backing themselves in. So you'd love to see it. Pistol, did you have any last words of wisdom for people making their teams? Yeah, if you uh, do want to slide into any DMs to ask any questions, please do it earlier in the week than later. You can't imagine how many yeah. questions we get on the Thursday and it's physically impossible to get through all of them. And then I feel massively guilty for not being able to answer people's questions before deadline. So earlier, better, please. <laughs> I've got footy training on Thursday. So oh, no. I will not be answering questions for a two hour period while the football is on. That is a disaster. Right football. Um, so I'm sorry. How are you going to do your teams when teams drop? I, well, I'll be, it starts at 6.15. So there's, there's time. Oh my God. That is stressful. Not stressful for me. Cool as a cucumber. I'm looking forward to it. I it love this part of the season. This is where it heats up. Make sure you do question us if, if you do have anything outstanding. Otherwise, we'll see you guys on the other side. Team reveals, hopefully. Uh, uh, dropping No, dropping no next chance. Week. No, dropping my next team, week. by the time this podcast comes out, I will have a different team. 100%. Like, that, and that is just, why we'll be I apologize. next week when it's all locked in. Uh, I'm going to be like... Bruin F6, Bruin F6, and my team's going to come out round one, and it's going to be like Bruin F3, and you're going to be like, what, what am I talking about? <laughs> like, like Cogs like, uh, Cogs M1, I'm like, wait, what's going on here? It's um, just like, every chance, everything changes in the last week. So Yeah, but having said that, yeah. our YouTube, uh, we'll have a video going up shortly, which is a this or that video, um, which is just me sitting there deciding between options that people flick to me on the Slack as well. I assume there will be another video out before the end of the week, hopefully some calming words from Chizo or myself. Um, Pistol, we gotta get you on there as well dude come on um I'm way then, too stressed and then team reveals <laughs> next week so thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll chat to you guys soon